good morning or good evening or just a safe drive to wherever you're driving. Welcome to the fourth podcast episode of the year of the Both World Tarantula channel. It has been quite a year and we didn't really manage to record that often as we wanted to. Each and every single recording session we had for the podcast was honestly just a huge struggle. And that's just all because of these technical issues we had. So when we start with a little rant on this podcast, it will be a solo episode. We will cover tarantula topics for sure, but I thought maybe let's just start with the elephant in the room on why there are no more episodes. Why... We have just four of them in this whole year. And yeah, as I mentioned, technical difficulties. It's just extremely hard to record reliably over the internet from two different continents at the same time and have it stitched together that it sounds good. Making long story short, we have now a different solution we're trying, or at least the moment to record this whole podcast which hopefully then will be way better to record together the next episode with Kat. If there will be any next episodes of the podcast, we'll let it open. And here we come to the first call to action of the podcast. If you're not driving, if you're just chilling somewhere, listening to podcasts you just saw, there is a new episode of the Both World Tarantula podcast popping up. Let's just tune in for a second. Go over to TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, whatever you have, and head over to the channel of Tarantula Cat and leave her a message somewhere on the comment section saying, hey, the podcast, let's just do an episode. And of course, you're more than welcome to give some feedback on my end as well, on the Bird Spider CH side. Leave a comment somewhere, say that you've enjoyed the podcast, because all I see is numbers. And numbers don't really mean anything to me. So having real voices behind, having comments, saying that you guys enjoy these conversations from these two different worlds in the tarantula hobby would mean really a lot to us, I think. And besides, we have now changed this whole setup to record things. I really hope that it will be much easier to record and then... It will be way more fun in the future to record. So for today's topic, basically, we will talk about the subfamily of a very distinct New World Tarantula group. As you all know, at least in the hobby, there is common sense that New World Tarantulas are way better for beginners than Old World Tarantulas. Old World Tarantulas from the continents of Southeast Asia, Australia, Africa, they are just more defensive, they have a stronger venom and are therefore not suitable for beginners. That's like the common sense. And now we've just lost our background music of the calm rainforest sound. That's another new technical feature we have in the studio here, so it can create some ambient sound for you guys to have it more enjoyable maybe. But the New World Tarantula group actually does have its members which are quite distinct from others from the New World. They're not that calm, they're way more defensive 
and some of them even have quite a strong venom. And I'm talking about the mostly arboreal living, but some members still tend to dig quite deep burrows group of the Psanopoene subfamily. And I know it's another taxonomical systematic name, which you don't really know maybe and have no idea what I'm talking about. So making it easy to throw in a common name right now, it will be the family or subfamily of spiders where the Trinidad Javran tarantula is home to. So the Psanopoeus cambridgei, for example, is a member of that very family, subfamily. Family is the Terraphosidae, of course, where all tarantulas belong to, but we are making some differences in the grouping and the relationships and evolutionary relationships to each other by grouping them into subfamilies. So the Psalmopoene are quite distinct among almost all other subfamilies within the New World tarantulas. There is another terrestrial group which are quite closely related on these arboreal ones, but I think we're going to cover them on a different side note. And focusing on this subfamily Psalmopoene, let's just focus on the first genus of the group that will be Psalmopoeus. And I think one of big gifts they have, or you can say also problems, is that they really try and tend to find similarities between groups and make distinct namings and classifications. It's not only about spiders and other things, it's generally the human mind is extremely focused on generalizing things and finding similar patterns and just making sure that you can group certain things into certain groups and make them yeah, characterize it with different characters and have some names for these groups. So we're also doing the same right now. Within the genus Psalmopoeus, even though it is one Psalmopoeus genus and one genus on the scientific level, there are different unique groups within the genus of Psalmopoeus. If you're familiar with this group of spiders, they're arboreal, they're quite fast, they're quite defensive and they're unique looking. They have these, especially the ones on the Caribbean coast, I would say, from like living in Venezuela or, or Trinidad, the Trinidad Chevron tarantula or the mainland side Venezuelan sun tiger tarantula. It's actually quite a distinct group. They really look amazingly colored if you compare them to the one from Central Americas, the one living in Costa Rica. Even though they're in the same genus, they at least optically or visually don't appear to look the same. So We've already defined two different groups within this genus of Plamopeus. They're not only different in adult coloration, but especially at younger age. The spiderlings just really look different. So if you have a spiderling of Plamopeus cambridgei or Plamopeus irminia, you can't tell the difference. They look identical. But you really can tell the difference to Gus or Pulcher, for example, which are native to Central America. Despite Pulcher is also like roaming into Colombia as well. And then there, it is, then there is a third group of spiders, the Ecclesiasticus group, I would say. They have this tiger or Christmas tree pattern on the abdomen, almost like uh, their sister group. So it is really amazing to see that you have this huge diversity of 
arboreal tarantulas within such a small range and even within this group of tarantulas you still have these distinct mini groups and you really can tell that probably from an evolutionary standpoint they have their different story to tell right they are probably not that close related to each other or had some i would say different different stories in the end to tell on how they diverged from each other so this is really a short takedown on the genus psalmopeus there are other members of the subfamily we will cover in the future for sure also there is the fossorial group of spiders the ephibopus which has just such a unique lifestyle of living where the young spiderlings and juveniles tend to live arboreally but then as soon as they're at a different like a distinct size they build their amazing looking burrows fossorial living just like their old world counterparts so i think even though you say new world tarantulas are just for the beginners and they're just boring there are voices out there who say old world tarantulas are really for the pros for the intermediate people or like for a longer time in the hobby now you should really get an old world tarantula because they're way more yeah but what i can tell is if you have the time really dig into the diversity of new world tarantulas you will easily find a group of spiders you've probably never looked at before in, in that amount and just think that would be a group i could keep in the future or going the other way around you could realize that's a group of spider i really never want to keep for example you're just into call new world tarantulas and someone is offering you a new world tarantula arboreal living then you might have to ask is it an avicularia species or are you talking about a trinidad chevron clonopeus tarantula because that is a new world tarantula living on trees but it's way too defensive for me maybe way too fast different in behavior and that's surely something you have to take into account for so first very topic of today we have started with the introduction on why there are only four podcasts or actually this is the fourth podcast of the year so everything we've done was super fun and if you want to leave us a message feel free to reach us there is a platform which is called anchor and there you can even leave voice messages which we can then play in the podcast itself so if you have a question you don't have to really write a comment you can always do it by voice just a voice record from yourself and then we can play it in the podcast if you like if you like to hear yourself in the podcast that's certainly a thing you could do and we have prepared tons of new things especially topics which are way easier to distill on a podcast especially with a counterpart like cat so we have a conversation about it that will be really cool so again leave us a message on our social media pages and we might be back so as a new additions on my personal tour as there hasn't been a video for a long time i'm not really recording any pet tarantulas at the moment but there's quite something in the works actually as always of course it is just a hobby for us or at least for me it's not a business 
So everything, every minute I spend with spiders and tarantulas on the topic is in pure is in my pure free time. Yeah, there is, there are no paid hours involved. So really, everything we do here is is just for the sake of fun. So I got some new additions, and I stepped into the hobby of poison dart frogs actually for quite some months now. I've built an enclosure which I'd really like to show, yeah, you guys somewhere in the near future with a nice little video on how to do it properly. I was guided by some good friends who are doing this for many years here in Switzerland, which is immensely valuable. It's like something, even though there are these podcasts and sources and YouTube videos out there, you can inform, there is always the problem of just overload with information of people saying, what's the right way to do it. But if you have someone nearby, you trust and you see their collection is thriving and that they're doing it for years very successfully, and you like their style of keeping these animals, then it's just invaluable to have like direct guidance and tips. And even though I'm in the hobby, like exotic pets, I would say it, even though I don't like the word pets, you really know what kind of features or what kind of things you need to look out for that your animals will thrive in captivity. It is a different story with amphibians. If you've never kept amphibians and just reptiles and spiders, you really have to take yeah, the thing up a notch. Of course, it can do it different styles. And I think there's also the possibility of not doing that naturally and bioactive. I've seen enclosures from people who are right, really on the minimum and the frogs will live. But of course, We've traveled to so many different places, have seen so many poison dart frogs in their native environment, which are always just amazing to see and photograph. You really know how the environment looks and you really want to replicate it. If you can't replicate it, there's no chance I would keep a living animal in it. So what I've done is in the past months, I've basically built the enclosure completely running with plants, running a like water system which is, yeah, doing complete rain system in the enclosure itself, which is extremely important because it needs to rain these couple of times a day. And it also is important to notice that it doesn't need to be wet all the time. It's like extremely valuable that it needs to rain and then it, the amount of water you put in has just to be enough to evaporate between these, I would say, raining sessions, right? So that the like a substrate itself, even though there is no substrate involved, because yeah, it's basically the leaf litter needs to dry out again and again during the day. It needs to get wet again, and then it needs to dry out again. And I think it really helped to build this enclosure since we've seen so many of these amphibians in the wild to really have a sense of what the habitat looks like and how it felt being in the forest with these animals. Yeah. It definitely helped a lot and it definitely helped to build this tank. The frogs are doing extremely well. Jumping around are very bold actually because they have their coverage in, in, in foliage within the tank itself. So if they feel disturbed, they have the easy way to, to get out of sight. Therefore, they are very comfortable within the tank itself. And of course, it's just a joy to see them. They're not like some other tarantulas. You basically see them every day. 
am I going more into this hobby of amphibians and especially poison dart frogs? It could very well be, just not at this point in time. It is very time consuming, even for just one pair of these amazing dart frogs because of the feeding, right? You really need a different interval of feeding these animals. It's not like with tarantulas, you could feed them once every 10 days or so. You really need to offer them food basically every single day or every second day. Amount of food, of course, is not the same, but the volume, but amount of food, like the amount of fruit flies you put in there and other insects, which are very tiny on the scale, it is really different to, for example, spider keeping. So. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I have some plans, of course, as everyone out there has plans. Not every plan points out in the right direction or goes incredibly well, but it's always important to have any plans. So, yeah, that's basically one of the biggest additions on my end on the collection. And I'm very happy to plan some more field trips in the near future. We've just been to Mexico this, this autumn, basically. So in we visit Mexico third time and Mexico basically is just, yeah, one of my all-time all favorite places. The people out there is just incredible. The hospitality you get in Mexico is just from another world and the food and the wildlife and the landscape and everything is just remarkable. That's basically the main reason we've been there for the third time now. So. Yeah, quite stoked. Will there be any videos about the trip to Mexico? No, there won't be any videos. I'm pretty sure you guys can understand. It is a hobby and not every trip has to be yeah, a video session and not every trip has to be full on YouTube. So there will be trips which will be without videos, but there are photos and there are stories to tell. There are stories to tell on the podcast and there are photos we can share on the website birdspiders.ch and of course Instagram or any other social media outlet. Many new things to happen. I mean, probably, yeah, we could have announced something today actually, but probably do it on the end of the year and maybe the beginning of the year. Something bad and something good happened at the very same time for the whole tarantula hobby, which on the one end is really bad to see bad in the sense of it has been there for so many years it has been so valuable for so many people out there and now it's gone but we found a solution for it and we can make it available to everyone out there for free as well as it has been in all the years so this is the good and the bad thing which happened in related like to the tarantula hobby aspect or general the animal of the, the tarantula spider not especially for the hobby so it is really a big news and really grateful that we've found a solution for it so we'll probably talk about it in in the new year so since it's a solo episode and i've basically talked already over 20 minutes Cat would do the other 20 minutes and we will be around 40 minutes podcast, which is an ideal length. If you commute to somewhere, to some place, you have your 40 minutes drive or anything, you can just listen to one episode. It's ideal. So that's why I think we'll just wrap it up here. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Thank you guys for leaving messages all over the place, here and there. It has been a true journey and yeah. 
We'll see if this podcast will continue or not. Rewind, re-listen, check our call to action we would like to see and get some more support, get some more vocals from you guys out there enjoying the podcast. And in the meanwhile, we're working on the technical solution to have all these kind of recordings as easy and as stress-free as possible because the next step would be to have guests like we had Diane from Reptiliatus. It just needs to be easier for everyone joining the podcast and we don't we really can't have any issues on the technical end um, that we lose any footage or any recordings or have it in a bad quality. Thank you guys. If you're celebrating Christmas, have an enjoyable holiday season, have an enjoyable Christmas, and of course, have a good new year. And enjoy the last few days in 2022 and have a good one and have a good start in January 1st in the new year. Thanks for it, and we'll hear each other very soon.